And so when I look out okay. of my good eye now, like, oh my God, the brightness of the colors and how vibrant they are. I've never seen that in my entire life. <laughs> He's like, I never realized how ugly you guys were. <laughs> Dude, so. Y'all some what, ugly mother truckers. Some other mother truckers. <laughs> well, I mean, y'all said it, I didn't. And uh, and those the, those stains I didn't think I had, I got brown stains all over the place. Man, so I'm seeing stuff <laughs> all over the place. those draws so like, dirty. Amen. <laughs> yeah, hey, Wiping is a lot easier now. <laughs> but man I, oh. I was on a knew this would happen but as soon as we got out and i saw her i was like so that's what you look like what the hell did i get myself into oh of course you did I normally don't have my light on. I usually just don't go away, G. No, what? They're there. Trust me. Jeez, can't get rid of them. Like you can't, you can't see. I mean, even my the top of my head looks great, and it looks normal. The sides look normal, but it's it's all there, my friend. Unfortunately, that's why the mic is is placed in this area. (laughs) I got, I got too much gray. Cool. All right. Well, we'll jump right in. <laughs> Dawson. Dawson and Dombrowski. The fighting, fighting Ligers. Ligers out of Pebble Beach. I remember watching <laughs> you play all the time. You and Matt Tony. Jeez. I'll never forget the one time, too, when I beat Chuck at Courtyard and he was so pissed off. <laughs> Chuck, got, Chuck got beat a lot and Chuck got pissed off a lot. Man, yeah. I'll never. I beat him by a field goal as time expired and it ruined his weekend. Yeah. <laughs> that touch that touch football game we played at that field right down the street from his uh, house. The basketball game we played. Jeez. Yeah. You're right. I, what time did he not get up? Which is so sad because he was actually a pretty chill guy most and of the time. Nate's bachelor party. <laughs> okay, let's let's start. Let, let's let's start. I, I wasn't there for that. <laughs> they so. almost didn't get married, dude. Yeah, I know because she had a stripper. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. Jam in on the one. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the UNT3 podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gerfers. We've got our hero who can't catch his breath because he's laughing so hard. Mr. Truth. Joe Cox up here. And look at the new background over here. Look at that. He probably put all that up in one take. And that's yeah, Mr. Chris Fisher right there. He put that all up in one take. He didn't even need a level. Man. No, I used a level. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, you know, what, you know, he's been practicing that that uh, that big that intro for the last ten minutes <laughs> in his head. Not at all. That was all <laughs> done on the fly, my brother. Let me tell you something. That's it. Just it just happens. Right but on. hey, we're three best friends. When we get together, we talk anything and everything music. This is the podcast that's going to bring you all music all the time. So if you love music and you like discussions about music and you like listening to music and you like music trivia and you like anything music, you're in the right spot. 
you're in good company. Yeah. Okay. But I tell you what, I'm pretty excited about tonight because I'm about to just turn this over to y'all and let y'all just talk. But man, we got two albums turning 30. Ooh. Okay, two. So we're going to, I'll name them both and then y'all pick on what you want to do first. But the first one that I'll name is <laughs> Pearl Jam's 10. <laughs> Pearl Jam's 10. And oh. then we've got uh, Nirvana's Nevermind. So I, it doesn't matter hitters, to me. Man. Heavy hitters. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say. Look at this. Bob Boom, this may be a two episode part one and two kind of night. I don't know. Yeah. Could be. But hey, I mean, y'all, for real, y'all take it away. Because I mean, really, if we're going to talk about it, both of these albums, there's not really that good of songs on either one of them. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> I mean, y'all can talk about them if you want to. But I mean, I'm looking at Pearl Jam 10's like track list. There's nothing really good on this one. So that's whatever, a joke, by the way. Right. But um, see. I'll be yeah. here all week. Be sure to tip your waitress. Yeah. Uh, no, these are, you know, I think in a way this is kind of unfair to put both of these in one, but we're going to try to do our best. Well, uh, I mean, on one hand, yes, I you could say it's unfair because every other album that we've talked about has had its own episode. But I think it's kind of fitting that you put 10 and Nevermind together. Yeah. Because they came out, they, they were birthed out of the same scene and came out the same year just a few weeks apart so yeah you know no i, I think I agree. it's fitting i agree yeah no i just it's so i mean i remember it's so funny like i remember the first time i heard pearl jam 10 and i remember the first time i heard nirvana's Nevermind. and so i remember i was in my room mtv actually played videos at that time and if you remember the beginning of the alive video it has that ocean like that ocean wave that's kind of black and white and i heard the ocean and i and then all of a sudden that lead part comes in and i go what the heck is this and i remember i stopped and i watched the whole song and i thought holy hell like who is this like first off you know no one's saying like that i mean now we hear eddie better we hear all the people that imitate him but at that time no one sang like that no one had that and seeing the part where he's you know, on stage and his hair and he's sweating and the band and one guy looks like Stu Ray Vaughan and one guy looks like he should be taking chemistry classes at a college. And and um, it was just so, so amazing to hear that that first song. Now, what is this? Who played that? <laughs> I did. Not, that was an accident. Sorry. It's not me. But man, so oh, I was I'll... just like, <laughs> OK, I, I didn't think it was that good of a comment, but you can show <laughs> if you like. The one thing that I, the song that, because I'm looking at the track list, if we're talking Pearl Jam 10. Yeah. So for me, I, my favorite song is Alive off of that, off of that album. But what I love about it is the guitar solo and having done this podcast with y'all for over a year now and listening to a bunch of old school stuff, like back 60s, 70s stuff, man, the solo on Alive for me is very, um, Leonard Skinnerd Freebird solo esque. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can see why you would say that. It's an extended solo, uh, uh, and it's great. It it wasn't like anything that was out at that time. It's I mean, the tone and everything. Solos you just named. Uh, I, it, it it's a great solo. I'm not going to say it. It should be up there with those solos, but yeah, I I wouldn't say it's better. Um, but yeah, no one played like that. I know. 
no one played like that and um it's so good but like for me my favorite song is porch i i love i love that song of course it is of course it is i love porch i love we used to cover it in um we we covered it live as well and that really sucked trying to be play as good as as he does on that solo but uh porch was just so much fun to play and we did the extended version and it's it was pretty close to what they did uh well, when you album. say when you say play as good as he does uh what is his name for those of them out there that don't know mike mccready yeah that was there mike mccready you know as as far as uh you know lead guitar um but you know he really does have a, a very hendrix vibe to at least on that album he had a very hendrix vibe or as uh uh what's his name uh shoes i can't believe i'm blanking out on chris cornell no chris cornell uh said that he his solos come from a dark place like you you there's something that's dark underneath there and uh it's true of course you know now we all know that he was struggling with drugs and you know heroin and all that stuff but um such a great player and there's so much feel uh to him and his greatest he said his greatest compliment he ever received was when uh Yngwie Malmsteen told him he was terrible. <laughs> he was like, that's the greatest compliment you could give me. So who, who told him that? Yngwie Malmsteen. He's a 80s metal, like he he's a shredder. was shredder. Okay. He is a uh he's known for being they have a video of him being drunk on an airplane and say, I'm gonna bring the effing fury. Because <laughs> he, he <laughs> no one knew who he was. <laughs> I mean, he, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Yngwie oh, great guitar a, player. Ingve is a great guitar player, but um, when I think Ingve, I think of people like uh, Matt Tony's cousin, or was it his cousin that's the guitar player? Oh yeah, are you talking about uh, Hayden? Hayden, right? Yeah. Like I can, you know, but real technical and everything, but no feel. I don't I don't feel like there's any kind of feeling or soul to what Ingve does. Well, it's very classical. I mean, it's yeah. very precise and it's very pristine. And I will never say that he's a bad guitar player. No, uh, he's, he's, he's not. He's not my cup. But... Of, he's not my cup of tea. Like, I'll listen to him and go, wow, that's amazing. Uh, but I'd rather listen to like Tosin Abasi. And he's just as fast. But he also plays with a lot of feeling, too. So, right. But um, my first memory of that album pearl jam 10 wasn't the album or a song because that came out when i was in middle school when i was in sixth grade and um you know i just i was just discovering metallica and so bands like pearl jam weren't really in my scope at that point and the guy i went to school with his name's noah uh, I saw him. I was I was on my way to lunch. I was going into the cafeteria, and I just happened to look down the hallway opposite of the cafeteria. And he was down by the vending machines getting a drink. And when he turned around, he had a black T-shirt on with the white stick figure guy. You know, yeah, it was like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought I was like, "What T-shirt is that?" Yeah. And then uh, I don't know what was on the back. But that's like the first very the, the first memory I had of Pearl Jam. And back then, at that point, well, 10 had already come out. So they weren't Mookie Blaylock anymore. Yeah. But that's the, the stick figure guy was from that point, that part in their history when they were known as Mookie Blaylock, who, for those of you who don't know, 
was a basketball player in the late 80s, early 90s, who, for whatever reason, they just liked his name and thought, that's what we'll call the band. Yeah, played for Seattle Supersonics, if I remember correctly. Something like that. Anyway, and then for the longest time, my favorite song was Black. Mm -hmm. That was my favorite song. I don't, I, 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 I always gravitate towards songs that are a little on the darker side you know more of the minor keys and things like that and i don't know i like i like his vocal range in that song i mean he always kind of stays in one area when he sings but uh and he being eddie vetter yeah and so that for the longest time that was my favorite song off the album but my favorite song off the album now is probably oceans and yeah. so you know since we're talking about it um we should probably i don't know maybe listen to a couple of them sure okay. what Let's do you guys do think do it okay, so I, I think we should ahead. start with uh gerfers since he said that his favorite was alive let's let's all right i got you here we go now i'm playing the unplugged version yeah, i was gonna say this is the unplugged version And while we're listening to it, I just want to note that this is also my favorite drummer that ever played with him. Was Dave. Dave, Dave was is my favorite. Uh, North Texas guy lives in Denton. Still lives in Denton, yeah. You need me to turn it up? No, man, it's perfect. to that bass yep i jeff i meant is an underrated bass player yep I'm so glad they re-released this last year. So good. Oh, yeah. But yeah, Dave for me is is by far. I, I mean, no, no. Dave Abruzzese. Yeah, and then uh, you know, no, no, nothing against Matt Cameron. I love Matt Cameron, but I prefer Matt with Soundgarden, Soundgarden. and I prefer Dave. Um, and and you know, the the first drummer was uh, Matt Chamberlain, so he was just a studio guy. Has played with, geez. When this album came out, I think of the top 10 albums of the year, he was on like four of them or something like uh, that. You kind of cut out there at the beginning of that. Oh, sorry. Uh, Matt Chamberlain uh, was the studio guy. And uh, he was on he was on this album. And great drummer, too. Uh, but I just feel like with Dave, the sound of his drums, the way he played really fit what they did because they were just so bombastic. Right. And Well, uh, if you just listen to his playing on Versus. Mm-hmm when he actually got to record with them yeah and and he he's the drummer on vitology too. vitology yeah before they let him go and uh he was he really was the lars ulrich of their band in, in the sense that he loved interviews he loved talking with people 
um, which was the opposite of the rest of the band. And of course, that's what well, ultimately led to his demise. Well, it, you know, if you if you watch Pearl Jam 20, even even Mike McCready was like, we should be out there. We need to be out there promoting. We need to be doing the interviews and da 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 da. And you know, they just kind of bent to the will of Eddie. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, but uh, you could tell like all of them just for overall, for the most part, if they didn't have to do interviews, they didn't want to do it. So, but uh, so that's, that's a great track. Yeah, we're going to move on now to uh, Joel's favorite. Yes. And we're going to do the actual album version for this. Ooh, one. okay. Wait. What the fuck is this world? Run into you, didn't leave a message at least time. Could have learned your voice one last time. Daily minds feel this good. Be my time by you. Would you hit me? Would you hit me? That bass is stupid good. Yeah. <laughs> and and this is no no go ahead it's it's good. So what's crazy is like that is so good and I will never say anything bad about Matt Chamberlain. But hearing Dave play that on the acoustic version, as, yeah. I mean he's just and and they're both great drummers, but I just hmm, so good man. Well, I mean, like you said, if you listen to what Dave does on the song on the MTV Unplugged, or even if you look up their Pink Pop uh, performance, you know, that's the one. Um, I think it's Pink Pop. It's either that or, um, oh, crap, I can't think of the name of the festival. But it's the one where you see Eddie climbing up and hanging yeah. from the, the scaffolding and all that, which is what he would do on a lot of the shows. Yeah. But, you know, you listen to what Matt or not what Matt, what Dave plays there is pretty. Uh, yeah. He really level. did drive them. Yeah. He drove them. Yeah. You yeah. watch per their performances from then, from them, you know, you can, you can definitely see the, and, and, and hear especially when Dave's playing with them, you can hear their punk influence. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of it, like, uh, it. it's kind of like uh, watching um, Dave Grohl with Nirvana. Like when he finally took over the drums for Nirvana, there's just this momentum that's behind his playing. And again, I'm not going to say anything bad about the other guys that play drums, but there's just this momentum that they have with Dave. And if you notice, I love Pearl Jam. All, all their albums are good but they almost kind of calmed down once Matt Cameron kind of came into, you know, once he took over, it was like, you know, <laughs> yeah, there's just this kind of polished. You, you don't feel like it's going to like explode. Whereas with Dave, I always felt like he may not make it on this next drum fill and somehow he does. And it just keeps the band going. <laughs> but. Yeah. All right. So we're going to play my favorite one off the album now. Um, we're going to play. Are we playing Oceans. the acoustic or the studio? Studio. Okay. 
coming up next on Delilah, Oceans by Pearl Jam. Yeah, well, it'd help if I turned it up. <laughs> There we go. Here we go. Roll on to the turn. The currents will shift. It's the bass for me in this song. Like me towards you. No, something's left. And we're all It's very, it reminds me of Zeppelin. Yes. I immediately go to a place and that's what I love about some of these albums. Like I immediately, like I'm in a, like in a moment in my life, listening to that or driving somewhere or like when we listen to Chili Peppers, like I remember being on the beach with 10 friends in the back of my Ford Ranger, just driving along the beach. It's just, you get transported on some of these songs. Yeah, that that album, this album and that song particularly takes me back to late nights hanging out with either one of the Burns boys, Michael or Aaron um, at their house, you know, just laying on the floor of their bedroom, listening to music, talking about life. You know, how you, <laughs> as much life as we had. Yeah, right. Just and then and then being out at the beach late at night with a with a fire on the on the beach and 10 buddies or whatnot, just sitting around listening to music and other things and, you know, just hanging out. And there you go. Uh, so, yeah, it, this is this is one of those albums. Um that just you know they say the best time machine is music and this is one of those this is one of those flux capacitor songs or, or albums you know that just you hit you hit 88 miles an hour and boom you're yeah. in another you're in another place right it's so yeah that's really good go ahead i, I was gonna say the the one song that I know I said Alive is my favorite, but the one song that always stuck with me, and I, it was really, I guess, what introduced me to this album was um, seeing this music video on MTV, and it's the Jeremy video. Mm. I will never forget at the end of that video, just going, oh my God, what just like, really? Like that just happened. Yeah. And, and so for me, I that song was the first thing that I had seen and heard on this album was Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'll follow that up with this question is, um, is Jeremy the most popular song on this album? It's either that one or um, it's either that or alive or maybe uh, even, even, even flow. flow. No, it's gotta be. I mean, I agree, but like, I think, I think alive, by far is the most popular. I mean, they're all great. Well, but most popular with who? If you if you just, talk just, about if what, you, Pearl Jam fans, I think off this album it would be alive. 
Yeah, see, I, I, for think, me, it, it's alive just period because. And I, and I think, and I think with the gen, the gen pop, so to speak, I think it's a toss up. It would, I think it'd be a toss up between alive or Jeremy. Yeah, but I think That's for me, favorite. I thought you were going to ask the most controversial song was that Jeremy. No. And for me, Black is the most controversial. I mean, I remember well, I, Black's that, just about breaking up. That's yeah, but uh, I mean, that's that's a pretty well, I mean, yeah. Well, I guess Alive is oh, sorry, I guess Alive is Man, pretty controversial too. So I dropped again. There you go. Wow, no, there you are. I can hear myself the whole time. Uh, but man, you know, like the, the the content in Jeremy, though, and what they're talking about, what's amazing to me is you could almost apply what's going on in that video and in that song to today yeah. and how some of our youth feel today, yeah. which is, well, yeah. which, which is amazing. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what made me think of that. Just maybe because I'm a high school teacher. I don't know. But the shock value of that video alone, I was just like, holy crap. Like the two videos that I that yeah. stand out to me that had the biggest shock value. One was that one. And then, of course, Soundgarden's Black Hole Sun. That was just a weird video. Yeah. But but Jeremy just like, holy crap. That well, that you know, that that album or that song, Black Hole Sun, that was supposed to be a uh, just an instrumental. And I guess album the record company was like no we need this to be a song it's that good we need lyrics and so chris cornell was like okay i'm just gonna sing a bunch of nonsense and that's what that song is about just a bunch of nonsense yeah but i'm gonna play one more song off this album that if i had to pick something other than oceans as my favorite it would be this one and it's the last track on the album it's the last track on the album but it was actually the first song they wrote with Eddie mm. when he the first time he flew up to Seattle to kind of you know I guess not audition because he'd already sent in his audition tape but it was more of like let's spend a, a week or so together see what how we vibe and whatnot this was the first thing that they wrote cool let's do it you know what song it is Joel mm, no I'm learning This is a great song. Isn't yeah. it though? Uh-huh. 
skip a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that you want to talk about the feels. Yeah. <laughs> that song that song definitely I don't know, you can you can hear and and feel the pain in his voice. Yeah. Cuz he wrote he wrote that. He wrote that after finding out about his 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 real dad, his biological dad. And for those of that don't know the story, he grew up thinking this, his stepdad was his dad, like thinking that this is my dad, like that's my biological dad. And that he grew up knowing his dad, but he grew up thinking that his dad was just a friend of the family. And then when his dad passed away, his mom was like, yeah, that was actually your real father. And that's what Alive is about. Right? It's about him coming to terms with wait a minute i mean i've known this i've known the man all my life but i really haven't known him because you kept that from me that kind of thing and then so release was kind of his acknowledgement of his father and all of that and it's i don't know i encourage everyone out there that's listening or watching <clears throat> go listen to that song and just let it you, you might have to listen to it a couple of times but just let it kind of wash over you. So. I tell you, like watching him, like not just listening to it, like he's a great, he's got great vocals. Um, and I like listening to him sing. I do not like watching him sing because, <laughs> man, I tell you, I tell you what. Eddie does some weird stuff, like weird shapes with his mouth to get certain tones to certain words that come out. And yeah. it's just so unconventional. Yeah. And it's like, how is that sound with that much power coming out of that mouth shape? Yeah, that's like, it doesn't uh, look like it, it doesn't Mayer. look like it fits him and, and John so, Mayer. <laughs> but I'm like, man, but just like listen, like listening to that little snippet there. I'm just sitting here in my mind trying to think about well what does his mouth look like when he's singing some of these because it's like because i can only imagine he's like yeah yeah you know, and, but... and you know we we didn't even play we didn't play even flow yeah we didn't play why go or we didn't play jeremy we didn't play jeremy we didn't play garden i mean every not, song on this album is amazing. not a there's not a it's, bad it's, song on this album it's a complete album it is you know there's it's an no album. filler it's an there, there's album. no filler yeah right I, I there are there are a few albums and a couple of them are on this wall back here behind me um but there are a few albums that i can put so to speak i can put the needle on at the beginning of the record and just let it go and not yeah. skip a track or anything like that and this is one of them even though track the tracks once and deep those are I can take them or leave them, right? Like they're not my favorites, and 
if they weren't on the album, I wouldn't miss them. You can but, sing every word though. <laughs> right. Cause that, it, cause this is, this is one of those albums that, uh, and, and along with the one we're about to talk about, um, you know, they say you know, these are, especially the one we're about to talk about. Never mind how it's the record for a generation. It's, you know, it's that it's thought of that highly. Um, it's one of those albums that it's a marker in time for me, right? Yeah. Pearl Jam's 10 is a moment in my personal history that marks, okay, this, you hit a, a, a quote unquote milestone in your music listening. And, you know, it's, it was one of the first things that developed my palate, if you will for what i like and what i don't like to listen to yeah and th this is a reference point for me yeah right it's it's an album that all others shall be judged by that that's just that's just me and i think that's a lot of people especially people who are um fans of this band you know they hell pearl jam even gets measured up against their own album like yeah can can your albums be I, I still contend that their first three albums are right up there with the greatest three album stretch of all time. Yeah. I, I yeah. think that was, I think that's one of the ones I picked in that episode yeah. that we did was th their first three albums. Like you can't touch those three albums. Yeah. They're they're For what they do, they're, they're damn near perfect. Yeah. So, and they changed everything. I think it's interesting. Um, when I joined my first actual band in high school, uh, I got invited to a, a friend. He was rehearsing with them, and I walked in there, and they had an acoustic guitar. And one of the songs that they were playing was uh, a Poison song. And so while they were playing, I had the acoustic guitar, and the guy goes, "Oh, you can play that." And <laughs> he said, and I said, "Yeah." And so I played a little bit. He goes, "Oh, that's great." So I played the solo, and then uh, he goes. Well, we're, we're, we're going to start playing Alive, too. So Alive and Poison are the two reasons why I actually got into a rock band, which is funny because when I hear the story about, you know, how, you know, grunge movement killed the hair metal movement. I mean, for me, I never saw I just saw just an evolution of music. But now that I've had time to look back, this was one of those formative albums for me that that opened up my idea of what music really could be like where it could go and what it could do kind of yeah. like, you know, master of puppets uh, or uh, you know, nevermind or uh, even like the Weezer blue album, like some of these other albums, it just, it, it Jeff Buckley grace is, is one of the ones that I think about all the time. It just changed my trajectory just a little bit and not that I will ever play like Pearl Jam or any of the other bands I mentioned, but it it showed me that that songwriting could be so much more than just like the '80s hair metal music stuff. So anyway, uh, th I love this album. I can't wait to talk about Nirvana. So, well, bef before we move on to Nirvana, what uh, I could have I, I could have swore I've heard the story, but remind me, what's the story behind the band name Pearl Jam? Like there's a meaning behind the Pearl yeah. Jam thing. And I think now I'm going to, I'm going to tell you the very nutshell version of what I think I've heard. Yeah. And it's something to do with one of the band, 
one of the band members had a, an aunt whose name was Pearl, and she would make like her own like jellies and jam or something, and that's where the name came from. It was like Aunt Pearl's Jam. Is that yeah. it, it, am I just totally like making that up, or is that like where that came from? I don't. I don't. My my understanding was uh, the basketball player that they were originally named at uh, named after his nickname was the Pearl Jam. And I don't know if that's correct, but that's what I was when I was younger. That's what I was told. So uh, that he was named. He, they were named after his nickname because they said, if you try to name the band after his actual name, he'll sue the tar out of you. So, well, no, yeah, they were they were named Mookie Blaylock. And this is straight from their Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam's Wikipedia. So, so take know, it for what it is, guys, for what it is. But uh Eddie Vedder said that the name Pearl Jam was a reference to his great grandmother, Pearl, okay. who was married to a Native American and had a special recipe for peyote laced jam. Well, there you go. You were right. That, and I was wrong. That makes me love them even yeah. more. It's just peyote. funny. Well, yeah. I mean, like when I was younger, that's what I was told. That's I just I thought that what it always was. So that's awesome. I like your story better. It's way funnier. Well, there you go. But man. OK, so. Let's move on to the album and the band. And I'll be honest, they're probably my least favorite 90s <laughs> grunge band that there is. Like, like I, I am not a fan of this band at all. I'm really not. But we'll talk about... Can you say you like music. I, I'm just not. I'm not a fan. And it, we're going to talk about Nirvana's Nevermind. And nice. like Joel said, and I think Christian, you've mentioned before, like this is this is the album that basically killed hair metal. This is what started that movement. Yeah. Well, I, to to kind of expand on that, I don't think grunge killed hair metal. I think hair metal killed hair metal. Yeah. You know, they the guys who were part of that scene, the people who were part of that scene, were we're famous for that saying if if a little is good then a lot is better yeah right? more is yeah. better and the 80s the sunset strip that that scene took excess and partying as far as you could take it and then they went further than that <laughs> then they took right? a couple steps forward <laughs> and i think and i think <laughs> but but like you if you watch a lot of early interviews with the guys from Nirvana or the guys from Pearl Jam or any of those guys that came out of specifically the Seattle scene, you know, a lot of them were like, we couldn't relate to that. Yeah. You know, that wasn't our life. Um, and, you know, yeah, we liked, everybody likes to have a good time, but there's also other sides to, to you as a human. And, we never we weren't seeing that represented in the music and so yeah kind of like kind of like what metallica says about their music like james is famous for saying that metallica writes music that they want to hear because they don't hear it out there in the in in the music world and so that's kind of <clears throat> my interpretation of grunge didn't cure, kill hair hell, blah, grunge didn't kill hair metal hair metal did yeah and you know grunge just happened to fill that void that was missing in in the world of music at that point in time yeah and 
I mean, you saw how quickly grunge went away, right? I mean, it was there for most of the 90s, but towards the 90s, it was like, okay, I'm tired of being self-loathing and well, introspective the, and let's the have death, a good time again. The death of Kurt Cobain really put the nail in the coffin with 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 the grunge scene because when he died, it was like, it's kind of like when John Lennon died. It's like that innocence that John Lennon brought, the same thing with Kurt Cobain, it, it died. Well, it, if you... If you watch the Pearl Jam 20 documentary, Chris Cornell says the death of the innocence of the Seattle scene wasn't when Kurt died. It was when Andy died at the very beginning of the 90s. Yeah. yeah. Right. But, but, but no one. And, and I mean, we, I listened to Mother LaBone, but not everybody did. You know, the height of well, the a lot of people, you know, they didn't get a chance to. Yeah. The height of the grunge movement really was was when nirvana was was alive and kicking and when he died right. and disappeared is when it when it it killed that whole scene but it's it funny because i but the innocence of the scene had died along yeah yeah ago. but i do agree with you 100 percent in the sense that like i love what moby says on the uh the woodstock documentary and i mentioned it a, a couple episodes ago but he said that like here you have hair metal and then you have this movement of guys that are actually sharing their feelings Right. And and expressing, you know, things other than just this surfacey kind of, you know, music. And then, of course, it was killed by, you know, the, you know, corn and Limp Bizkit and the, the whole new metal mu uh, movement, so to speak. But and then the it, rise of the boy bands. And yeah. And all that stuff. And, yeah. all on, and bands of like or not bands, but groups like that. Yeah. But uh, but I mean, it was it was a great it was a great time period. But I have to say this, and I don't think I've said it on any of the other podcasts we've done. So the first time I heard Nirvana, I was a freshman in uh, high school and uh, a friend of mine who was a sophomore was celebrating her one year uh, sobriety. She had kicked uh, drugs. And so she invited me to the sober house in the middle of nowhere, which now that I look back on it was probably not the smartest thing. So here I come, my clean cut somewhat self uh, at that time, I didn't have long hair or anything, but I go to this cabin in the middle of the woods and there's all these recovering addicts and whatnot. And someone says, Hey, I got this new, new album. You need to check it out. It says it to the group and he puts on uh, smells like teen spirit. And the whole room just erupted like it was insane. All of a sudden, all of these guys were moshing. And, and I just remember the girl that I was with at the time, um, we both went there to support this friend and we walk outside and this guy in this now grunge looking outfit, you know, the, the whole uh, flannel with the yeah. and the beanie. Well, he comes running out, running in circles while Territorial Pissings is playing in the background, which I didn't know what it was at the time. All I heard is the song. And he's running around circles and he just plows right face first into a tree. And then he just kind of, and then he just walks back. Into, <laughs> I thought, this band will never go anywhere. Like I liked it, but I was like, <laughs> this, this, this one. And then little did I know, you know, it was Nirvana. And of course I saw it on MTV later, but it was just, it was just such a, the thing that was crazy about Nirvana is not only was it sonically different, lyrically out there, but the video for Smells Like Teen Spirit itself and then all the subsequent videos were just mind blowing. Like, you know, 
the cheerleaders with the anarchy symbols and yeah. all and and people throwing things and people yeah. look like that and bathe. It was just insanity, but but I also loved it. And I was so far away from you know where I lived in Oak Ridge, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I I I can't really I can't pinpoint with as vivid a memory the first time I became aware or listened to Nirvana like I can with Pearl Jam or like I can with Metallica. Um, I just, I remember in high school, um, my freshman and sophomore year, uh, I was on the baseball team and to and from practice, I'd get a ride from a guy named John Dewey and John absolutely adored like like I was with Metallica at that time and still am to an extent he was with Nirvana like it was all Nirvana all the time everybody else could suck it you know <laughs> Nirvana Nirvana was the end all be all and I and, and I remember at that time I was very um I was very anti-establishment very anti the man right yeah but I was I was more so anti well this is popular everybody else likes it so i'm gonna go in this direction yeah and so i was just like kurt cobain does not speak for me he is not my voice yeah right i was very much the camp that ryan's in right i was like screw nirvana they suck mm -hmm. and because i i didn't <laughs> I, I couldn't appreciate what they were doing at that point in time yeah right i hadn't I really hadn't started listening to Radiohead or anything like that I, mm -hmm. or expanding. It was all just one lane. It was Metallica um, and some other metal bands, right? That's all I listened to. And then, shoot, it was probably when I moved to North Texas in 98. And, um, you know, I'd started expanding what I was listening to. And then, uh, and I, I, I can tell you exactly where I was. I was sitting in my dorm room at Kerr Hall <clears throat> with my headphones on, and I just had my, my, because this is before iTunes came out. Um, <laughs> just a few years. <laughs> just a few years before. Um, so, you know, I had my Windows Media Player. He had his Napster. <laughs> yes. I had my Windows Media Player on shuffle. With the, did you have the graphic playing? Heck <laughs> yeah, I had the visualizer on. Come on now. Um, oh, we're uh, so old. Aren't we? Um, but uh, I remember I was sitting there and I had just listened to a Beatles song. And I was I was just now at that point in time, just then starting to come around on the Beatles and being able to appreciate what the Beatles were doing. Yeah. And then Nirvana comes on. And I don't know why it struck me, but I was like, oh my God, this is this is a Beatles song. Yeah. Right? This is this is structured very much like what the Beatles do. I mean, there's even I mean it wasn't four part harmony, but there are harmonies going on in there. Holy crap. Yeah. And then uh, and and nowadays, Nirvana's Nirvana's mind more specifically, it hits that nostalgia button for me. Yeah, 
And so, yeah. So enough talk about. Oh, what's your favorite track off the track off the album, Joel? Uh, for me, it's uh, Territorial Pissings is, is yeah, always has a soft, soft spot in my heart. And I do have to say, on a side note, the song that I cannot actually listen to at all is Come As You Are. I I skip it every time. Well, because that's one of the ones that got overplayed. I just I never really liked it when it came out. But uh, Territorial Pissings by far is is probably my favorite. OK, Ryan, I know you said you don't like them. Is there anything on this album that you like? Not really. I. I I mean, I'm looking at the track list. I, uh, no, not really. And I think re- what it comes down to, and I don't want to say that I think they suck and that's why I don't like them. What it is, is everybody knows that's watched this and y'all know this. I'm a vocal guy and I don't like Kurt Cobain's vocals at all. I, you know, I would much rather listen. I would much rather listen to Chris Cornell or Lane Staley or I, I can see you know, that I can understand um, that Eddie Vedder, totally. like yeah. Kurt Cobain for me he was he screamed the whole time and I'm like yeah okay you know it um, is what it is unless you hear something in the way and then that's <laughs> but it's he doesn't like, scream on that but no, and that's actually or Polly song yeah or Polly I mean there's there are some tracks there are some deeper cuts but and and, and I will before we we play a couple of tracks off the album my favorite off of nevermind is breed either that or stay away yeah but um, i'm sure once you once you start playing stuff i'll probably say oh yeah that one (laughs) (laughs) um but you know when they when they when they did their unplug i think i that that unplug put them in the stratosphere right i get to me, this is just me, and I'll probably catch a little bit of flack for this. I think they're they're unplugged is a little overrated, um, as as being one of the best unplugs that MTV put out. Um, but it would be the top five. Top five. Yeah, really? I put it in top five. Who else would you put in there? Just real real quick off the top. Uh, number Alice one, Allison Chains. Number one for yes, me yes. is going to be Pearl Jam. Number okay. two will be LL Cool J. Yeah, that was. A... <laughs> and and dude, if you only listen to Mama Said Knock You Out, that's all you had to listen to. You know, you know what I my only like my most vivid memory of that unplug is the Mama Said Knock You Out performance. <laughs> but when he's when he's going like this. And yeah, like, I was like, he's he, he's fresh, though. He, he's got he's clean. <laughs> but dude, he. You know, like what he said, my mama said I was fresh. I was clean. You can you can see his deodorant <laughs> all in his in his underarm. Like that's what sticks out. But literally yeah, that that right. That's the that that unplugged. If y'all haven't seen that, and then the LL cool and then Allison Chains for me, like that rounds out the top three. And um, I mean, I like the Nirvana one, but like those are. There's a lot of them, but like those are the ones that I listen to over and over and over again. If I if I had to do a top five, my number one would be Alice in Chains. My number two would be on um, Eric Clapton, Unplugged. Yeah. My that, number my my number three would be my number three would be Pearl Jam. Yeah. My number four would be Live. They're they're Unplugged. 
you know, theirs was really good too. Theirs was really good. And what I liked about that unplugged was the way they had the stage set up. The lead singer and the drummer faced each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. I think they're brothers. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure they are. And then my number five to round it out would be just because I can't really think of anything right now would be Nirvana's. Yeah. But the cranberries were good. There were a lot of good unplugs. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so why don't you play some go. tracks, man? Let's, I was going to yeah. say before before we just de- before we destroy, you know, this unplugged, that's a future episode. So <laughs> we can just go straight on to playing. Let's All right. Do it. So we'll we'll go with the song that killed hair metal. <laughs> as long as the volume's up. I'll I do like this, when the this... drums come in, though. If he didn't sing on this track, this track would be amazing. We're going to get so much hate. By the way, I saw an article with Dave Grohl talking about him. Uh, they were getting ready to do a cover version of Never Gonna Give You Up by uh, Rick Astley. And uh, he said that <laughs> when they started practicing, he was like, wait a second. This sounds almost identical to the chords for uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. <laughs> yeah, I've seen and that. It's actually the same. It's the same, like intervals, of course. I, I, I've seen. I, and I, it's if you, pretty if true. You Google, if you Google their cover, you can hear Rick like they they're basically just playing smells like teen spirit as Rick Astley is singing. Never going to give you up. It's pretty funny. It's, pretty it's, funny. it's actually really cool. All okay, right. So, so, so the what's next the next one, song you're going to play? We're going to play your favorite, Joel. Yes. Ter- Territorial Pissings. Yes. Two minutes. This is, this, is a, this is a fun one on uh rock band to play, by the way. What is it with you and songs about peeing, dude? <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, go with what you know. <laughs> One another right now. In the drums. So good. Right here. Yeah. Listen to that bass line. Yeah. So good, man. And that the song's more than halfway over. <laughs> yeah. That song's a two minute and 22 second song. 
Oh Dude, all I all I hear there is very much. I don't know why this comes into my head when I hear that song. I'll be honest with you. I don't know that I've ever heard that song before. I, yeah. I really don't. But Dude, we play it on. We played it on rock band like all I, the time. I, I don't remember that song. He was clicking all red, I, blue, red, red, blue, yellow, all blue. I hear when I hear that song is all yellow I hear orange. is. I want to kill everyone. Jesus is a friend. Jesus is our pal. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great movie. All I heard. That's a great movie. Oh my god! All right, and now we're gonna play my favorite on the album, "Breed." Also, a great song. Dave was a fan of that snare intro. And that's okay. Such a gnarly tone, man. Isn't it? So, okay, just for Ryan's benefit, you need to either play Polly or something, just so he can hear a little bit of a softer, the softer side. The softer side? Well, Kurt um, Cobain. The softer side. side. Yeah, because right now I don't have a favorite on the album. They all sound the same. All right, we'll play this one for the the brooding teenager out there. This is what closes out the album, Ryan. This is probably, you've never probably there, heard this one. No, there's one other song after this. Oh, okay, sorry. So this is on a plane? No, this is something in the way. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is where watching it on YouTube what makes the difference. I don't think we've convinced him. I think he still hates this album. <laughs> I don't hate the album. I just, I, I'm... He said, like, 20 minutes ago, he said he hated it. Yeah, you did. This is why I'm glad we record these. Anyway, that's yeah, no, that that's a epic fail. 
<laughs> See, he's got it so you know how he is. He's got it such in his mind that this album sucks. Yeah, it's this no, it's not like that the it. album sucks. I just like there's, I there's, love there's the instruments. Nothing, there's it's, nothing we're gonna play off that album that's gonna change his mind. No, but he just doesn't I, like the trying, vocals. The vocals for me, it it might it's nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, it's okay. Do go do another one. No, no, it's we don't need to. No, do it's another great. one. Pick another. Okay, here, let me pick a song. Let, let, Hold on, where? no, no, I got one. For, you okay, you like Polly? Are you playing Polly? No, he doesn't I mean, I like. I can't Polly. play Polly, but we'll play this one. Another snare intro. You're not gonna like it, but what song is this? Stay away. Oh, this was gonna be the one that I was in Tay to play. not sold i could almost tolerate this song (laughs) yeah i just i love i love this whole album except for come as you are like i said i never liked that song but it's such a great Great album. Such Play a, a little great... bit of Come As You Are real quick. Let me hear that one. Oh, don't. I've heard this song before, but let me hear it again real fast. I'd rather you play like In Bloom or Lithium or something like that. Jeez. Oh, yeah. I remember this song. This will be my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty rat. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I did there? Yeah, unfortunately it's gonna be it's gonna be the theme song of our of our show yeah you can cut it as he cut says it. cut the beat <laughs> well, cut it. what is lithium why do i feel like i know lithium, that lithium lithium because you this this one and in bloom are probably the two most off this album that you played on rock band yeah I love this song. Okay. It's my favorite on the album for this, the longest time. Which one is this? This Lith- is Lithium. Lithium. Okay, yeah. I like oh, I like this song. Karen, we'll play In Bloom, too. Okay, this one. This one wins. Just for the drums alone. The video for this song, <laughs> so good. Okay, so and, in bloom is my favorite, and and good. so we end on know, a high note, guys. Dave has is on. Dave Grohl, the the former drummer of Nirvana, he is like you. Watch his interview that he did, or the the Foo Fighters did a couple of months ago. I think it was for Howard Stern. Maybe it was in the beginning of September. 
um that he did that they did with Howard Stern and he you know whenever he talks about Nirvana he always leads it off with I was the sixth drummer for Nirvana and then he goes on to reference that drum part in in bloom that clack, 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 boom, boom, you know that he was like that was the guy before me he's the guy who came up with that for in bloom yeah right and so which sounds different than anything dave really plays right which and, is, which and he's phenomenal he's the he's the human click track what's cool to me is like i can't like get past is that the drummer from Nirvana looks like he could be the son of the lead singer of Foo Fighters. Right. Right. <laughs> like, that's one of my favorite quotes that, that I've heard from a high schooler before. It's amazing. <laughs> he looks like he's the son of the guy from Foo Fighters. Oh. <laughs> you poor, poor, dumb child. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and just think about what... <laughs> <laughs> you poor, dumb child. You poor ignorant soul. Oh um, imagine what it was like for Taylor Hawkins to be when he first joined the Foo Fighters. Like, mm -hmm. I'm the drummer for the drummer of Nirvana. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the guy that was before Taylor, the guy from uh, Sunny Day Real Estate. Wait, no, it's not Sunny Day Real Estate. Yeah. Um, is, yeah. It, is that the name yeah. of the band? Yeah. Sunny Day. Yeah. He was the drummer for that band. Mm -hmm. and because they got the bass player and they got the rhythm section so the the drummer and the bass player from sunny day right and and then you know and then nick ended up staying and then he kicked out the other guy right and so imagine being the two guys that played drums yeah and what they must have thought and felt like like actually he didn't kick him out he, he re-recorded re all of his parts and he got offended and he left well wouldn't you i I have a little different perspective. I'd be a little butthurt, but I'm also like, this is the drummer. This is, this is Dave Grohl. You know what I mean? Like I'm playing right. Dave Grohl's parts. I, I, I think I could handle touring, you know, but it took a lot for Dave to hand the drums off to somebody else full time. And cause even those, that first album with uh, Taylor, he didn't play all the, the drum parts. It wasn't right. until the more recent ones that he's played all the drum parts. So, greatest drummer of the 90s right there dave Grohl. he's he yeah I mean, he's in there with a good field he's in there with a good field are are arguably one of the best why so there's a there's a future episode there hey super group of the 90s Ooh. i know we got the bass player already dang <laughs> but do we yeah we do, do flea we? nobody's flea. stopping flea ever ever Get except of maybe maybe a local bass player here in DFW. His name's Daryl. Daryl Wynn. He might. Darryl he Wynn. might top flea. Mm. All right. All right. So, uh, guys, this has been great so far. Uh, but, Fisher, you have the first listen today? I do. I have the first okay. Is, are you going to do it in one take this time? I'm going to do it in one take. That's I'd really like I want to hear people's favorites for Nirvana and Pearl Jam. I'm kind of curious if they I'm align actually, with us. I'm actually going to play my favorite Nirvana song for our first listen. It does not come off of Nevermind. Okay. And it does not come off of In Utero. Is it Marigold? <laughs> <laughs> the Thank Dane you. Roll song. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> 
and it does not come <laughs> off of bleach. They're they're three. This is when the crickets happen for Gerfers, but you and I are like, <laughs> it's all good. I was gonna say he's playing his favorite Nirvana song, not on the album. We didn't play my favorite Pearl Jam song, which is not on ten. I like Dissident. That's a good song. <laughs> of course, you like Dissident. But but that's for another episode. Let's uh, yes. All right. So this one actually comes off of their 1992 ep came out between nevermind i think i'm pretty sure it came out between nevermind and in utero um it it was their answer kurt cobain was famous for despise just like eddie was for despising how the mix and the production turned out on their big albums nevermind and, and 10 they thought it was too polished too commercial and so um Pearl Jam went on to make verses in Vitalogy, uh, Vitalogy. Nirvana put out this EP called Incesticide and then went put out In Utero. And my favorite <laughs> song comes off of Incesticide. It's the song. Well, I'll just play it. Yeah, play it. I can't wait. Marigold.
love what Dave's about to do here. Yeah. that ending is that is that bleed me what's the name of that aneurysm aneurysm okay that song one of the reasons i love that song so much and it's my favorite song by nirvana is the first time i ever heard that song was this is gonna take us way back get in the way back machine (laughs) i saw this late at night on mtv's 120 minutes oh yeah yeah and that that show i remember i I remember seeing them on 120 minutes i remember seeing um oh god like like dinosaur jr and and other bands you know just i saw sunny day real estate on there i mean i saw all those old school band ministry like yeah like that that was the show on mtv um you know a little taste of what we'll talk about when we talk about the 40th anniversary of mtv but that was a show on MTV. That and Headbangers Ball. Those were my two favorite shows. Ricky Rackman. You know what? I watched a documentary the other day that had Ricky Rockman uh, at this water park with Allison Chains. And I remember watching it like at that, like I remember watching that going, where the heck are they? Because of course yeah. now it's closed down and like, like that part killed people. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but that I remember seeing that song on 120. 120 minutes. Yeah. I don't know. That's just, that's, that's one of those moments in time that show yeah. that song like that's another marker for me and you had to stay up and, late to watch it yeah it was it was late on a weekend right because that's the only time i could stay up late was on the weekends yeah um but you know like i was talking about with pearl jams 10 over time though as i've gotten older um i've come to really appreciate the the significance and importance of what nirvana was like somebody had to be the spearhead right somebody had to be the 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 focal point of that movement it just happened to be nirvana um it could have just as easily been pearl jam yeah the reluctant leader i don't think that soundgarden and allison like allison chains and, and soundgarden were a little on the heavier side of things and so to be they weren't as 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 accessible to the the general public uh, public out there, music listening public, and it just happened to be those two guys or those yeah. two bands that we just talked about. So over time, Nirvana's Nevermind has become a a a reference point, a, a, an album that okay, if I'm going to listen to that style of music, that genre of music, how do you compare to this 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 album right here? Yeah. 
Yeah. What did you think, Ryan? I liked it. Yeah, I better than the other stuff we listened to. Yeah, because so. like the first minute and a half of the song is just the the instruments. There's no. That's singing. exactly why I liked it. <laughs> but yeah. you know, but his 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 whole like for that song, I don't know why, but I didn't mind the vocal so much because it fit everything else that was going on. No, no, I know his stuff fits with his whole like catalog and blah blah blah. But for whatever reason, that sounded good to me anyway. So I didn't I didn't mind it. Right on. Yeah. It's a great track. I'm uh I'm it's been a while since I've heard it. Uh I've seen it live on TV and stuff a lot, but that's such a great track. But you know, this has been a fun episode. Uh I love revisiting these albums. I would love to hear stories of the first time you heard, you know, Pearl Jam. What where's where were you? Uh, you know, the first time you heard Nirvana, like what were you doing? Did you think it was good? Do you still think it sucks? Maybe you like Come As You Are. Maybe you agree with Gerfers and you're wrong. Uh, but uh, let us know in the comments. Uh, we, we love reading them. We love responding to them. Facebook, when it's not shut down, or Instagram, when it's not shut down. Uh, <laughs> we, we just dated the episode when we recorded it. Uh, but let us know what you're thinking. We, we love to hear your feedback. Uh, do, you, do you like what you're hearing? Uh, is there something that you like us to cover? Do you like the songs that we we chose as our favorites? Uh, or do you think these albums are crap? Uh, I love uh, You're Wrong if you think these albums are crap, but we'd love to hear that anyway. But uh, follow us, subscribe, uh, check out our, our podcast, check us out on YouTube. Um, I know you've been carrying the load this episode, uh, Fisher, but I'm going to throw it to you one more time. Do you, do you have uh, some... Uh, channels that you'd like us uh, to listen to or to check out yeah i do have a few um a couple i feel like i'm just on autopilot over here like you've carried the right does your back hurt from carrying the show no not at all not <laughs> not when we're not when we're talking about um especially albums and music that came out in this time period when we're, we were two out of the three of us anyway we're in our in our <laughs> young teens or middle young two of us were age. old is what you're saying yeah that we're two of two out of the three of us were in our young to middle teenage years when all this music was coming out and uh yeah no my back doesn't hurt at all from carrying the episode i'm glad to do it well but, well can um, carry on wayward son so um the first channel uh these are these are both cover channels however they're they're one's a full-on band cover the other's a drum channel um and i'll start with the drum channel because it's easier for me to pronounce uh this channel is a young lady by the name of brooke her channel is brooke c um and she covers everything on the drums and what, what i like about these these drum channels whether it's avery uh avery Mollick's channel or brooks channel like these two those two particular drummers uh the beginnings of their channels when they're really young so you get to see their progression as the years go by and how much better of a player they become as the older they get and the more they do it um but she's she's a pretty phenomenal drummer um in my mind i think um her first, some of the, a lot of her videos, a lot of her covers, especially her early ones, 
I mean, they're pretty spot on. They're pretty dead, dead on to what's on the actual album. And then as she progresses and gets a little older, um, she starts to take liberties with the song and, you know, kind of do her own, uh, does her own thing in the music. So that's pretty cool to see. Yeah. And then the other channel, uh, I think you guys will get a kick out of and, and check out. I'm going to pronounce it Emmy. It's I M Y Emmy two. Um, uh, that, the song we were listening to, that cover of Jolene that we were listening to when we all, when we started, that's, that's this channel. Yeah, is it the number two or like spelled out two, like T W O? The number two. I M Y and then the number two. I am two. Okay. So check them out. Awesome. Give them some love. And then and when you and when you do check them out in the comment section, tell them you you found them through us. Yeah. So hopefully they can uh send some some listeners and some some viewers our way. Yeah. We gotta pay those licensing fees somehow. Yeah, we do. <laughs> nice. Why? Well, hey, so we got some stuff coming up in future episodes where we will not have to pay licensing fees because Joel, you're being put on notice. You Ooh. better get your. Uh, I'm I'm thinking maybe next week. Oh, what is it? What are we doing next week? I'm thinking we need to do an all not called common show. Oh wow! Okay, I'm down. So you're being so I see you got that VHT sitting behind you. <laughs> I see you got a guitar sitting behind you. I do. You may have to plug in and uh, play us some stuff. Hey, there's actually another amp behind me. The my nice. Mesa is behind me as well. So and so yeah, and then we'll do what we can. And this is going to be Joel as well because he's got the hookup because he's the most famous of the three of us. <laughs> but um, uh, the, he ain't lying. You're you're gonna have to get uh, maybe a founding member of Not Call Common Ooh. to be a guest. And uh, we all I, know who we want. I know who you if, want. If we if can we, we get, get him. Well, who are you? Man, Chris. That's who I want. <laughs> I I would love to have Chris. Dude, do you I know how much fun? Man, I tell you what, if we could have the whole band on, that would be fantastic. But I to could, get the whole I, band in the same spot at the same time is an act yeah. of God. Yeah, there there is already talks in the back background of a future show, like like a concert. Yeah, uh, but but I'll see if I can get uh, Mr. Boggs and and hey, Mr. Uh, Mr. Flynn. Can you imagine and anybody else, man? That, that'll be that'll be a blast. And then we can talk, you know, just old times and we can talk. Well, maybe we can like, make it a two parter and have Ezra on one and Chris on the man, other. And you know what? There you go. And we can even talk about red letter days. <laughs> Dude. And, but and, that, and two out of the three of us were there for the, the inaugural show. Oh, geez. The red letter slash not called common but that, yeah that'll be dude that'll be this this will be fun so you better start learning all of your old stuff because i'm going to be putting out requests for you to play dang it oh jeez. you know where their first show was right so yeah it was in a uh con it was in a movie theater that was converted because uh, <laughs> it was a church it used to be that used to be a theater uh, <laughs> yeah so it was a movie theater <laughs> that that yeah but Thanks, so thanks, guys. No, it's all good. <laughs> what, what more fitting place for a band called the Red Letters yeah. to have their first show? All I know and, is uh, my my favorite guitar cable I ever had that I had like all through high school and through my first years at North Texas. Uh, I finally left. I was like, I can't take the last band, and I left, and I never got my cable back. But 
That's sad that the, that's that's what I think of when I'm at that show. Well, there <laughs> it's you my go. My favorite guitar cable. So if you still have it, whoever you are, please bring it back. Send it back. But yeah, so not called Common Show. Uh, MTV's turning uh, forty. And so, yeah, we got some good stuff coming your way. We still got a couple more albums that are turning 30 that we need to discuss. We'll we'll hit it. We'll hit all of it up. And, uh, man, like Joel said, subscribe. Do me a favor. Do us a favor. Tell two or three people. Tell two or three people. It's not that hard. Just just call them up. Send them a text. Say, hey, go check these guys out. Two or three people. That's it. That's all it takes. But until then, let us know what you think. And keep living, keep loving, keep listening. And as always, keep rocking. Oh my I God. love I love that that's our ending. That's right. <laughs> I really do. That's it's gonna so, be on a t-shirt and that, on a mug. That and needs a mug. to be on a t-shirt, a and, mug, and a hat. And maybe my tramp stamp at some point. And <laughs> my first oh. tattoo. off youtube kids oh that's the best shot right there you see it this is where he he goes into the matrix (laughs) he is the matrix Matrix. that's 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 uh if ryan got high that would be his face right there but (laughs) well he'll come out here soon Dude, that was like, that was the climax of the story, man. I know. What the hell, yo? What the hizzy. There he went. All right. Oh, here it comes. And he's back. And he's back. And he back. And he back. still all froze up he's he's all froze up he'd be freezing up tell your kids to get off the internet that's what happens when you add that third one